DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, presents The Daily Prayer of Discernment, The Examined Prayer, with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher was ordained in 1979 as a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. He obtained his doctorate from the Gregorian University, and he has dedicated many years to an extensive ministry of retreats, spiritual direction, and teaching about the spiritual life. Father Gallagher is the author of seven books published by the Crossroad Publishing Company on the spiritual teaching of St. Ignatius of Loyola and the life of Venerable Bruno Lanteri, founder of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. Father Gallagher is featured on the EWTN series, Living the Discerning Life, the spiritual teachings of St. Ignatius of Loyola. The Daily Prayer of Discernment, the Examine Prayer, with Father Timothy Gallagher. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. I am so excited about the examine prayer because as you so beautifully brought forward to us last time, that this is the everyday practice of this great gift of Ignatian spirituality that St. Ignatius of Loyola gave to us. Well, it's the difference, I would say, between living our spiritual life uh, with real love for the Lord and, and great desire for God and great sincerity, which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And doing the same thing with our spiritualized, spiritualized, gradually, increasingly more open so that we see increasingly clearly where God is and where God is not in our lives so that we can respond to that. And that's the gift that this specific form of prayer brings into our daily lives. It's that, that clear-sighted faith that we spoke of last time in Jean-Pierre de Cossade's abandonment to divine providence. Well, then, what would be the first step in the examine prayer? Well, let's visualize it then. Let's take any one of us who uh, has reached the latter part of the day. Things are winding down. There's a quieter space. Supper is over. The tasks which immediately follow that are over. Maybe the day isn't quite ending yet, or maybe it is now in its final moments. And we take eight minutes, 10 minutes, 12 minutes, whatever it might be, to sit in quiet before the Lord and pray this prayer of the examine. Now, it could be at any time in the day. You know, For one, another person, the lunch hour might be the, uh, the freest time or mid-afternoon when the children aren't home from school yet. Uh, that's going to vary with, uh, with all of us. But we look for that quiet point in the day when our hearts are really free to, first of all, just be aware of the Lord's presence. And we'll say more about that later. That is that the examine prayer, like all prayer, is fundamentally relationship it's about two persons in communion with each other in dialogue. And in the case of prayer, the two persons are the divine person, God, and the human person. So that the examined prayer is never just simply an examination. It's not just introspection, because you can hear in those two words, it only takes one person to do those. But prayer is always needs two persons. It's one person present to another, its relationship. So we'll, we'll say more about that later on. But now, there are five steps, St. Ignatius says in the exam, and again, we'll say a lot more about how these fit together and uh, how they come together in concrete practice. But today, I'd just like to focus on the first of them, mm-hmm. which is gratitude. Now that my heart knows that I am with the Lord, I prepare with the Lord to look back over the spiritual experience of the day. The starting point for St. Ignatius is to look over the day very concretely to see the gifts of love that God has given me in this day. 
And I don't think we want to go past that too quickly because I don't think we spontaneously think of the examination of conscience or the examined prayer, the two different ways of saying the same thing. Uh I don't think we spontaneously think of those when we prepare now to look back over what's happened spiritually in the day. I suppose our more spontaneous um, inclination might be to say, I need to look at where I failed the Lord today. And that's the starting point. But that's not so for St. Ignatius. We do need to look at our response to God's action in the day, but that's not the first thing. The primary thing is not how we have responded. The primary thing is what God has done. And that's where St. Ignatius has a start in the examined prayer. We look, first of all, to see what God has done in the course of the day. And for St. Ignatius, there really is only one main principal thing that God does over and over endlessly, repeatedly in the course of every day. God simply continues to pour out gifts of love upon us. Mm. Now, for St. Ignatius, this was not something he learned through reading spiritual treatises. This was something that he came to see through just looking at how God had worked in his own life. When we talked about discernment earlier, we went through the early years in St. Ignatius' life. And we'll just say that until he was 30, he was pretty much a St. Augustine uh, in many of the same ways. And then he has that dramatic conversion experience when he's 30, the cannonball passes through his legs in the battle, shatters his legs, that long convalescence, in the course of which, somewhat unwillingly, but because he has nothing else to read, he begins to read the lives of the saints and a life of Christ. And that's where the Lord begins to change his heart. After those months of convalescence, he he really, in a new and very decisive way, gives his heart to God and finds out that immediately, within the first months of that conversion, God is pouring out upon him graces of the kind that God gives the great saints, let's say a Francis of Assisi or or a John of the Cross, Mm -hmm. deep powerful, beautiful experiences of prayer. In fact, he would say later, looking back at those first months of his conversion, that God treated him the way he says a school teacher treats a child, teaching him. God was so present to him, guiding him and enlightening him, showing him the way. So that for St. Ignatius, the only experience he ever had of our God is of a God to whom no sooner do you turn than this God is immediately pouring out, endlessly pouring out upon us a richness of gifts over and over, day after day, week after week, month after month in our lives. It's a powerful, beautiful image of God. And really, it's just the concrete awareness of what it means when we say that God is love, the most profound truth in all of Scripture. He uh, later wrote to a laywoman who was a benefactor in those first months this sentence, which is a striking thing. He says, we will sooner tire of receiving God's gifts than he of giving them. We will sooner tire of receiving God's gifts than he of giving them. You can almost have the image of a, well, to use um, the image of a child on Christmas, you know, delighting with the gifts. And finally, there's so many that the child says, I can't absorb anymore. Or in adult age, I think we've all had the experience, maybe on a few very precious occasions in our lives when we have felt so loved that we felt like we just can't receive anymore. Uh, we, we treasure, we never forget such experiences, such times in our lives. And that's Ignatius' experience of God. We will sooner tire of receiving his gifts than he of giving them. It's as though God has so much that his love moves him to want to consistently, constantly be giving us 
that it's it's really even beyond our capacity to receive. Now, if that's true, can we see the difference in a, in a spiritually lived day in which we are aware of those gifts and one in which we're not? And what a difference that's going to bring into our spiritual lives. That's just touching the, the richness of this first step in the examine. You know, Father Gallagher, I'm reminded of that, the beginning of Holy Scripture, where in Genesis it chronicles that whole action of God where he just he creates, 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 and then he gives it away, gives, gives, and gives. And even back then we failed at those, our first parents to appreciate just how much he had blessed them with. That's so important what you've just put into words for us. For, for St. Ignatius, everything can change in our spiritual lives when we begin to see the gifts. I suppose that's true in human relationships as well. When, that when the day comes that a child, now a young adult and married and beginning to take care of his or her own children, begins to realize what his or her parents did for so many years, everything changes, can change in that relationship. When we begin to really see what a person has done, a person who sincerely loves us and has uh, really tried to help us, something changes forever in that relationship. For St. Ignatius is convinced that, that gratitude, just being aware of God's gifts, is the most powerful way to grow in love of God. So often we have that question in our hearts, I, I wish I loved the Lord more. You know, I, I do love the Lord. I want to grow in love of the Lord. I'm not sure how to do that. And for St. Ignatius, this is the surest and richest way to grow in the love of God, and that is just to become increasingly aware of the gifts that God is endlessly giving. Well, uh, St. Ignatius, a few years uh, after his conversion, wrote a letter to one of his first Jesuit companions who was in Portugal at the time, the Portuguese father, Simon Rodriguez, who was the first Jesuit in uh, Portugal. And the occasion for this letter was a tension between the Portugal Portuguese king, John III, and the pope at that time, who was Paul III. And for uh, a number of issues, a, a tension and division had grown up between the king and the pope. And St. Ignatius now writes to Father Rodriguez, and he asks him to try to do what he can to help the king compose that disagreement with the Holy Father. And he explains that um, the reason why he should try to do all that he can is because the king, and this was true, the king had done an awful lot for the Jesuits to favor their presence in uh, in Portugal at the time. And so St. Ignatius says, out of uh, a duty of gratitude to him, try to do all that you can to assist him in the present uh, struggle. And that leads him to uh, write just a couple of sentences about gratitude, which I'd like to read, mm -hmm. uh, which which speak exactly to what you had mentioned just now. And St. Ignatius says, it seems to me in the light of the divine goodness, which is always the way he sees God. Now, first he'll say this by way of negation, then by way of affirmation, that ingratitude, so that's when the gratitude is not present, that ingratitude is one of the things most worthy of detestation before our Creator and Lord, and before all those creatures capable of his divine and everlasting glory. That is to say that one of the most unendurable things for Ignatius' heart and he thinks in God's heart and in the hearts of all human beings is simply ingratitude. And he says, um, one of the things most worthy of detestation out of all the evils and sins which can be imagined. Now, that's a striking statement. I think if you or I were to look at the world with all the goodness of what's in the world, but also all the sorrow and the unhappy and violent 
of things that take place in the world. And if we were asked to say, out of all the evils in the world, what might be the greatest? We probably would answer in a number of ways, but for St. Ignatius, the answer is very clear, ingratitude. Mm. And he immediately explains why. He says, for ingratitude is a failure to recognize. The Spanish word there is desconocimiento, just not to see it. For it is a failure to recognize the good things, the graces, and the gifts received. And that, for St. Ignatius, is the most unendurable thing that his heart can imagine and the source of the sorrows and struggles and woes of this world. Then he goes on to say, as such, it, ingratitude, is the cause, the beginning, and the origin of all evils and sins, which again is a remarkable thing. What that says is that if there is sorrow and violence and evil and woe and sin in the world, the root cause of that is simply that human beings desconocimiento, have just not seen, just not been aware of, the endless outpouring of the gifts of the God who loves them forever, infinitely, daily, constantly, concretely. Now that's said by way of negation and then by way of affirmation. On the contrary, recognition and gratitude for the good things and gifts received is greatly loved and esteemed both in heaven and on earth. I'm thinking as I read that um, at that sentence, greatly in loved and esteemed gratitude in heaven and on earth, I'm sure that all of us can look back over our lives and remember moments they're indelibly etched in our consciousness and memories, times when people have said thank you. And it may be just a phrase, or it may be the look in the eyes that accompany it. Or it may have been said with a good many words, or it may have been said in writing after a time that we've shared with a person. And, and we treasure those forever, just the gift of another person's gratitude. Now, if that happens, if that has that impact in human relationship, Ignatius says, we're obviously talking about something deeply, deeply beautiful and powerful in our relationship with God. What's going to happen in our relationship with God? If we live daily in such a way that every day our eyes are just opened a bit to to see the way the ways that God has loved us in the day, and and we're going to get very concrete about this in just a moment, but it's so important first to to see the truth that the concrete practice of the prayer is built upon that um, this is really the primary thing in our relationship with God is to see the love with which He has so concretely loved us each day. What's going to happen in our spiritual lives if we're doing that? Something's going to change. Well, as Therese said to her sister Celine, nothing more than this will open our hearts in love to to God. What happens in our relationship with another person when we just see daily how that person just keeps being good to us and is present to us and assists us? Hmm. Mm -hmm. The the crowning prayer in St. Ignatius' Um, spiritual exercises is what he calls the contemplation to gain love or to attain the love of God. And I'm just going to read one sentence from that, but it will be no surprise to us now after what we've said. Uh, because all that one does in this exercise of prayer is just to look at God, God's gifts in his creation, in his work of redemption, in the individual story of our own lives. From a different a series of perspectives, we look at God's gifts in our lives. And then he says, what we ask for is this, 
when we ask for an interior knowledge, that means a heart-level knowledge, of so much good received, so that entirely filled with gratitude, and there it is, I may be able in all to love and serve His Divine Majesty. That's the dynamic of this first step in the examine. Interior knowledge of so much good received, the concrete ways God has loved me, so that my heart is filled with gratitude, grows in gratitude, and out of that gratitude, I become increasingly able to love and serve God in all things in my life. Well, let's let's get just a little bit more concrete about this. And I want to uh, just share a very absolutely ordinary experience um, of my own. But it, this is the level, I think, on which we want to be looking at things in the... Um, in the examine prayer. Uh-huh. This was the evening before I had a trip to give a seminar, which was actually on the examine prayer, which was part of the grace of that evening. And uh, as things tend to be when you're leaving very shortly for a trip, uh, there, was pressure. there was a lot to get done that evening to get everything organized and prepared and uh, so that I could travel the next morning. And we we have a uh, a chapel that's maybe about a 10 minute walk away from the church where i reside our priests staff both and i had called over there and asked one of the priests who would be closing up that evening the, the chapel if he would just bring back some things that i would need for the trip and of course he'd agreed to do it uh when i got up to my office in the evening however there was a phone message from him that he'd forgotten and uh hoped that it wouldn't be too much of a problem uh, we were both aware that would not it wasn't going to be too much of a of a walk to get over there and back in the evening um, well, being already pressured um, and a little bit stressed with it all, that just added just a slight little more uh degree of frustration to what was going on in the evening. You know that sense isn't there anybody I can depend on when things get pressured and so on and actually, there was a little more to it because. I did have uh, a pretty important phone call. Somebody had called and I needed to get back to that person that evening. And the addition of another 20 to 30 minutes now to go over to the chapel and get what I needed um, was going to make that a little bit harder. Uh, so it was not just frustration, but there was some concern also that that person get the response that the person needed that evening. I uh, made contact with another one of our priests. I needed the key to get into the chapel. And um, not terribly proud of this, but explained that our fellow priest had forgotten what I'd asked him to, to bring over. And you know how we do that with a bit of a smile, but uh, the frustration was certainly showing there. And then set out walking over to the chapel, walking fast, under pressure, a little bit frustrated, a little bit anxious about the way all of this was going. And suddenly as I was walking, it dawned on me that something isn't right. This frustration is not right. All of this pressure, the pace at which I'm doing everything and the mental stress that I'm, that I'm feeling. And suddenly it dawned on me that um, you have a space now. You have a 10-minute walk over and a 10-minute walk back in which your mind and heart are free. You have a space to be actually praying this examine right now that you're going to be talking to people about tomorrow. The moment that thought came to me, a lot more calm came back into my heart. Mm. I got over to the chapel, walked in. Uh, there were still some people there cleaning up the chapel and closing. And um, one of them was a woman whose wedding I had actually done maybe about 15 years earlier and whom I had not seen for many years. 
and we had a delightful brief uh, reconnecting after uh, a long time. There was another woman leaving the chapel just as I was walking in, see that she was worried about something, and I could see that just the brief conversation we had did something to ease the concern and the worry that was in her heart. One of our priests was still there. He was just getting ready to lock up the chapel and head back to our residence. And as things fell out, this was one of our priests whom I hadn't seen for a long time because he'd been out of the country for a number of years serving in another country, had just returned, and um, I was looking for a chance just to do more than just say hi, but actually have a chance to talk. Well, as it turned out, we wound up leaving the chapel together and walking back over to our residence together. So we had about a 10-minute conversation, which was a very pleasant first reconnecting um, after what had been a few years that he'd been out of the country. And in the course of that conversation, he mentioned um, a couple of books to me, which I instantly knew I wanted to read and I would follow up on for the work that I'm doing. Now, the reason that I can recount that experience in that kind of detail uh, a number of years later is because when I did make my exam in prayer and I prayed with that first step of the exam and just looking for God's gifts in the day, I was quite struck to realize how what had seemed initially, and in some human sense was, simply a frustration. Somebody else had not brought materials that uh, they had agreed to bring over because of forgetfulness and that added an extra half hour or so into a busy evening. How, as I began to see what had actually happened, I had reconnected with uh, someone whose wedding I had done years ago, had been able to briefly uh, lift a little bit of concern from another person's heart, had had a first chance to speak again with one of my fellow priests, been looking to do, and through that conversation had learned some things that were going to be useful to me in the work that uh, lay ahead. And that changed my sense of that experience. And, and the first step of the exam is actually that concrete. And this is what I mean about uh, clear-sighted faith. It, uh, much can change when day after day after day we take, we're taking a few minutes just to begin to look at our day as God actually gave it to us. Um, I remember a woman telling me she'd been through very, very hard times for years in her life and heroically now was getting things back together again in her life. This was really a, a remarkable woman. And uh, had gotten interested in the examine prayer, had begun to pray it, and was focusing on this first step, just looking to find the gifts that God had given her in the course of the day. Life had been so bleak for so long that this was not initially very easy for her. It was quite a struggle even to to list some things, to find some things to be grateful for in the course of the day. But that gradually began to change as weeks and months of praying the examine uh, unfolded. And then one day, she was sharing with me something of the gifts of the Lord that she'd seen in the last few days. And I just, I just asked her what it meant to her that she saw that. And she stopped and she said, it means that God loves me. It means that he's proud of me. And tears welled up in her eyes because, as she later told me, she had never, ever said those words ever in her life before. Someone loves me. Someone is proud of me. 
And that's when she realized just what was happening in her heart through this first step of the exam. And just that patient, like all prayer, you know, there are distractions and tired days and days when you struggle. But staying with it day after day after day, something was really changing in her relationship with the Lord. Do you know how you can get to the end of the day sometimes and it feels like the feeling is sort of gray, like the Mm -hmm. whole day has been a struggle. And then what happens when you pray this first step of the exam and you go back over the day? is you begin to realize, well, wait a minute, no, that difficult thing happened just before supper. And there was some difficulty in that, but this morning was a wonderful morning. You know, this happened, or that conversation, or this task that I was able to get done, or prayer, which lifted up my heart. What, what happens is we begin to get a truer sense of the day, and something of that grayness lifts. That, that was the first step of the exam, and that I think I first found myself able to pray in a way that I've always been grateful for. There's a lot more to say about all of this, but what I would like to invite uh, anyone listening to consider, even as of now, is to begin as of now, today, tomorrow, and daily, to set aside a few minutes in the quietest point of the day, maybe toward the end of the day or whenever it works best, and just do what this woman was doing. Just look concretely back over the day in a breakfast conversation, in an email that I received that lifted my heart, in a task that I was able to get done a little bit earlier than I thought, in a call from my college-age daughter, and I find out that her problems are going a little bit better, in a moment of communication with my husband, with a friend, with a child, that heals something that's been a little bit tense, in a time of prayer that I had that blessed the day and lifted my heart, in receiving communion at Mass in a way that made a difference, and so on. The day we will sooner tire of receiving God's gifts than he of giving them, says St. Ignatius, just to take a few minutes each day with the Lord to look at the gifts that God has given. And that, that there's no better way to begin praying the examine than that. A perfect way to start all prayer, I would hazard to guess, to, to say thank you for the blessings received. For St. Ignatius, I think that's evident. That's why the examine begins exactly here. What happens is once we know that we're loved, and not just abstractly, but very concretely today, then the rest of the examine, the, everything else in our relationship with God opens up and becomes easy, richer, more possible. A wonderful prayer, the examine prayer. I look forward to finding out more about this great gift that was passed on to us by St. Ignatius of Loyola. Uh, any final thoughts, Father? I think the best way to learn to pray, like the best way to learn to be patient, the best way to learn to love another person, the best way to grow in humility, playing the piano, a sport, typing, the best way to grow in it is to do it. Mm -hmm. And so the transition from what we're saying here to actually beginning to put this into practice and all that will come from that experience would be the very best way to build this prayer into our lives. Thank you so much, Father Gallagher. Thank you, Chris. You've been listening to The Daily Prayer of Discernment, The Examine Prayer, with Father Timothy Gallagher. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, And if you feel us worthy, 
consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our mission. But most of all, we pray that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for The Daily Prayer of Discernment, The Examine Prayer, with Father Timothy Gallagher.